This meeting is being recorded. So delighted now to be joined by Manus Brannock, Eddie O'Sullivan and Jonathan Higgins uh, to look back on the Galway Senior Football Championship quarterfinals uh, over the weekend. Um, Eddie, coming to you first, I suppose, um, the relegation round Robin series does get underway as, as well as the semi-finals uh, in two weeks' time. Uther um, are there. Um, I presume now you're just getting ready for like massive games like these games are as big as for the clubs involved in this as like teams preparing for the county semi-finals oh absolutely like sure they're huge huge games like because like it's possibly much easier to try get dig out a win or two now than it will be to try and get out of intermediate like the club would have got a relegation in 2002 and not seen senior football until 2020 like so and um, you know it's it's equivalent to playing probably two intermediate county finals with with just no one watching. And so yeah, it's it's massive now, and we have to try to put ourselves together now to try to dig out a few results. And um, and when you look at the group, like you look at one of A coming into it, and I've seen a good few of their groups in group three, group games in group three, and they're very very unlucky not to dig out wins. So you know you'd be very wary about especially first game against them now. Um, we've played them so many times in probably the last 10 years between intermediate and senior championship and there'd never be more than a kick of the ball so and, uh, by all accounts they had a ferocious battle with Carrie Strand at the weekend so you, you'd be we'll have a work out to, to get uh, to get off to a good start there now Just with the games you've played because I suppose Eddie for, for some people they'd be very surprised to see you dread coming here into a relegation playoff like what do you think has put you into this, I suppose, battle. Um, I suppose uh, what's obviously put into us, put us into it is our, our results, and possibly um, we've probably had a unique ability so far in championship to keep uh, a scoreline similar with with everyone we played. But like, yeah, we have just probably let ourselves down coming down the home straight. Uh, a big losing point for us possibly was the tune game. Like we had, we, we really should have, we really should have taken the victory there. And that would have set us up well, but um, we simply weren't uh, weren't good enough against Letchmore, Spiddle, Kerfin, and Michael, and that's what's seen us seen us there. We were, we could say about how unlucky we were, but we were lucky in certain games as well to get scores out at key moments. So um, the table doesn't lie, and we finished where we finished. So we have to now uh, change our change our view and try to get two. Two wins now decide uh, Christmas to see make sure we're still senior and in the senior draw for 2023. Man, is your one man who's relieved to be avoiding this battle um after I suppose your own side on Spiddell uh defeating St. James's 16 points to 12 over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Like um we, we did say like that kind of that group of four that's there, I suppose before the weekend, it was obviously Oak there and Carol were there. And then you yeah, obviously had the losers then in Monavay and Carter Strand and then Marcellus and St. James's. So that group of four, it's you know, they're they're four good teams in there. You know, it's 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 very hard to call any results that go that way. And the time of the year you're going into pitch are getting heavy and if they go with the format with the three weeks in a row, like you're really relying on your panel then. You know, you're relying on the lads there to come in and you know, it, I I'd be shocked to see teams consistently lining up with the same fifteen for the three weeks in a row. Because it'll be such a dogfight, and lads will get nervous, and you know it's it's not a nice place to be, but you know it's it's kind of a great place to be too, like because it is. Eddie did say it, like it's like two county finals as well. <clears throat> no more than when we bet James is there over the weekend. You know there was no county final medal or anything like that to get out of it, but you know we retained our senior status for 2023, and and you know it it gives it gives us a great boost going into next year, like. So it's it's going to be a massive, massive dogfight um, if, for that relegation group. I have to say, it's going to be. I, I couldn't really call who's going to come out of it really. The man, as you were saying, the trend is to fly goalie again um, over the weekend, uh, launching one from play up up in the left with, corner board with, with the weaker left side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paired out nowhere. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Eddie, I told you I don't have a weak side. What do you <laughs> <laughs> Well, I actually marked Manus uh, 12 or 13 years ago. I was corner back and he was corner forward in a league game. No, no, driver. I kid you not. <laughs> Jeez, how did I get on that day, actually? 
you went back into our back lane for the whole game. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and uh, I suppose, man, for you to be safe, um, you were without the uh, two OLEs like Anton and Finon for. I suppose early on in group games in the championship, but I suppose massive for you to have them back because they were significant blows for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like we lost Anthony, I suppose, just a week before the my Cullen game to a bad ankle injury. There, he had a he had a break there, so he was out for a good few weeks. Like you know, we were kind of hoping that he'd be back for the Uttara game. You know, that was that was only if things were going very very well, like for him. Like you know, in fairness, his recovery went well. Like but. So Finian came back in after the seniors as well, after the All-Ireland, and it's tough. I have to say, it's tough for Lance coming back after finishing the senior inter-county campaign, going straight into the club as well. Like, you know, it's a, it's a long old slog for him, and it, it's, it's easy to pick up injuries then, and he got a bad enough back injury then as well during the championship. So it was, it was a big blow to us. Like, we didn't have, he wasn't really at peak performance really until maybe the last two or three weeks, like, but it's no more than I suppose Matthew as well with Duke Gerard. Like you know, he's had a long year between college and intercounty and stuff like that. And it's it them lads are just it, they have to keep it going. Like you know, it's it's a it's a tough one for them to do. But going into this relegation for obviously Duke Gerard, they're going to be relying heavily on Matthew no more than Paul Conroy with St James's and Killian McDade with Monave. Um, like you know, they're just going to have to keep putting their shoulders to the wheel for the for their for the sake of their clubs. Like. But um, we're very relieved, like, you know, um, I suppose we had a good young dad there, Liam McConeil as well. He had a great uh, senior championship for this year. He, kicked, he, was our top, he was our top scorer and from, from play and from freeze as well. And he's only going to get better and better, like, and it's great that he has another year of senior football under him again this year. Moving on to the, uh, I suppose, the quarterfinals, the way what took centre stage uh, this weekend. Uh, Jonathan, it's safe to say, like, Four like really good games of football, uh, very tight in every game. The highest winning margin, uh, two points uh, overall throughout the weekend. Yeah, it probably sums up the the camp the championship campaign to date. Really ultra competitive, ultra tight. Even games that you might think there might be a bit of an advantage. I think most people, well, if you judge, if you want to use the bookies by any sort of a lay of the land. They had uh, Mike Cullen significant, um, you know, odds on favours over Claire Galway, and Claire Galway will, let, will leave that game uh, when they were leaving Pier Stadium on Saturday evening. They're very, very disappointed because they look back on chances that they missed, a couple of frees, a couple of advance mark, one in particular that went to skew, and they had the rattle the by Jesus out of Mike Cullen. They give them almighty scare and and could have done the unthinkable. I think that was the the summary of all the games throughout. You know, Toom. Um, you know, and, and Salt Hill. I thought. I think most people, when they saw Rob Finnerty going off early, they thought Salt Hill were going to be in bother, but they rallied and they came back and they nearly butchered it at the end themselves. But they hung on through, and that's a that's a great win for them. The same, and a down over Michaels. Michaels will rue situations as well. So they're all so so tight. Um, it just the the only thing you'd say is if you look a step forward, the way the draw has put the two big hitters beside each other. That just gives a huge opportunity here. If you're on a down or you're in the Salt Hill camp this week and you're training, you are buzzing because you know you've a big, big chance of making a county final uh, and with the two hitters gone in, on the other side as well. So I know John Amani was in front of us there in, in the stadium yesterday as well, taking notes. Armstrong as well beside him. So everyone's cued, everyone's ready, but it was four very insanely tight games and uh, very enjoyable games and ones that pretty much by and large, all went down to the last kick of the game. And Eddie, I suppose when you look at the championship, like for years and years, it was the curved in dominance. But now it looks like we we have a championship that, like, it's it's safe to say this is definitely, I suppose, in most recent years, one of the most open championships. Like when you just look at the results over the weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, but like outside of maybe one or two games throughout the championship, there's been very few. I would say a 10 plus point victories for anyone. Like you rewind five, six years ago, and 10 plus point victories were, were commonplace in the senior championship. And um, so the, the, the gaps have definitely closed. I suppose the knowledge of SNC and tactics has probably become commoditized, and every team has access to it, like in video work. So there's probably not as huge gaps that way. Obviously, 
the gaps are talent within clubs, which obviously, you know, smaller clubs, less talent, less, less of a bench. But like the weekend, no more than what Jonathan said there, like the all four games were, were excellent entertainment. Um, and like, yeah, Clagoda could have pulled it out of the fire. Uh, Tune could still have pulled that one out of the fire right up until, right up until the end. Um, and then obviously, like had Michael's probably a bit more composure, they could have got snuck the draw, and then uh, the fourth, oh, sure, Curfin, Curfin for once their composure probably let them down a bit. Like Curfin was probably like how close they pushed Montpellier surprised surprised me anyway. Um, I, I actually thought Montpellier might have been comfortable there, but like Curfin put them to the pinner and colours, so it's uh, yeah, it's probably it's reflective of a, a very strong championship and. Like my Cullen bet probably curve in with more ease than Montpellier and I know my Cullen like possibly haven't been too convinced outside of the curve in game. Like they won't they won't have any fear from Montpellier. And man, as I'm sure you're like that overall as well. I just think it's it has been a real positive championship. Yeah, it has been a really positive championship. I suppose my or myself and Eddie have probably had first experience with the group that we're in. Like you know, the Chad Chum. Um, Curfin and we had my Cullen in our group, like, and it's more, but like, it was a great opportunity for us. I know everybody was saying it was a group of death for you know the teams that have come up from intermediate last year. It was a great opportunity. That was our first time playing Curfin in championship football, and you know, it was a great, great boost for us. Like, but it, 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 the gap has closed a lot as well between a lot of clubs, and Eddie kind of touched base there, like, you know. SNC, tactical work, every team is doing it now, and they're, they're closing the gap the whole time, like. But it still comes down to like, you know, moments of brilliance as well. And Barry McHugh was, you know, Montpellier really needed somebody to stand up. And Barry stepped up for Montpellier this weekend. Like without him, Corfin would probably be in the semi-final. Like he just had one of those days where he was just, everything he touched and everything he kicked was going over the bear. And he was just immense for Montpellier. Like, but a great championship overall so so far. Like, and, you know, it'll be two cracking semi-finals. You know, he touched on it there. The, and down and Salt Hill will be really licking their lips there, saying, Jesus, great opportunity here to get to a county final. And anything can happen on county final day. Man, it's just on Barry McHugh you mentioned there, uh, 10 points um, at the weekend, showed real maturity up front for Montpellier. Do you think he's a player now that's catching poor Joyce's eyes? I suppose any forward that's kicking 10 points in championship football, you know, will probably be taking the eye of any county manager, but um, you know, in fairness to Barry, he's probably one of the most consistent fours there in Galway Cup football the last few years. He was involved with Galway there a few years ago as well, in and out. But um, he seems to be really, really matured his game now, big time. And you know, he's just a serious, serious scoring threat. Like you know, and it's not too many players like that to get around in the county that can just be kind of that consistently hitting that five, six points a game. And he just seems to be able to do it in every game. Yeah, lady. Like in previous years, you. Might have just said like Baron, there would have been question marks over Barry McHugh from play, but this year definitely he seems to be adding a lot from play as well as phrase. Yeah, no, I, I don't know who'd have the question marks over him because having played a few league games over the years against him, like Barry, any sort of a ball that goes into him, like he's very, very dangerous inside. But I suppose this year, one thing he's he's been excellent at is, uh, well, I suppose this year at least he gets awarded his uh, attacking marks, but. Like he's yeah, anything that goes in near him, he's winning it and he's scoring it. Like so, yeah, he's a, he's a serious player. And if I remember correctly, or was he not top scorer in the national league uh, one of the years under Kevin Welch? When you know he was uh, predominantly probably freeze, but he was there thereabouts for top scorer one year in the Division One league. Yeah, I think you're right. That year did he get to the league final against Dublin? I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he might have been top scorer in the league that year. But like, no, it's, it's no no doubt uh, the talent. In him and probably the, the summer away probably is uh, refreshed him and like he's uh, he's a serious option side for not just Mount Bellew but like obviously if God are looking to bolster their squad he's definitely a, an option there. And Jonathan on that game um, Mount Bellew is it safe to say they got out of jail really against Curfin on Saturday? I think that might be a bit too strong of a word. Yes, Curfin put up a good battle, and by all accounts, I didn't see this game live now, just judging off the highlights and reports. I was in at the stadium on, on Saturday. But by all accounds, Curfin set up with a, with a plan to try and nullify 
and at times wind, wind up. I think Barry in particular, I think he got a clip and gun in at half time. Uh, I think it was very much trying to, to wind it up and just following on from Eddie points there, it just shows how he's, I suppose, shown a bit more, not that he was anyway that like that previously, but he's added another bit of maturity and he's really, really been the, the go-to guy uh, in, a, in a forward line that's full of stars. You say, you look at the, the, the club campaign this year, Patrick Kelly has been turned into a bit of goal machine. Finnerty is still shooting the lights out. They've options all around them. McHugh, for me, is still being the shining light out of that forward line. And when they've needed scores, he's got them. And that's right through the course of, of the campaign. Uh, and he, he's done that again. I, I nearly flipped this on his head. I, I anticipated that the Montpellier would win by a bit more. I thought they might have been closer to five or six on it. But I think this is the perfect situation, really, for them going into the semi-final now. I think it just maybe just chills the cools the jets and any sort of hype that had been in the camp. They've had a couple of really, really good battles that will serve them well over the course. So you think back to even the Anna Down game earlier on, first day out, but particularly the Salt Hill game when Salt Hill they threw absolutely everything at them that day. Even when Patrick Kelly got the goal in the first half, they come back, Tomo gets one straight away. And the second half, it looked like Montpellier and Mylott were, were on the ropes a little bit. And you had Val Daly just marading his, his side up and down, the arms going and everything to get them going. By all accounts, I'm sure he was doing something similar yet on, on Saturday, but that's a great way to, to go into a game. It's a real, real hard fought win over a big, big rival. You know, when, you know, go back a couple of years and Montpellier Malaf, it's Kerfin, they're aspiring to, to to be at that level now. They've they've beaten them a couple of times and they are the, the standard bears. But I think that's a perfect way to go into the, the semi-final. Both sides actually nearly in a weird way in that semi-final. Mycullen as well, they hung on at the death. So both managements will have the, I suppose they can go into the dressing room and they go, yes, it's great, but we need to work on X, Y and Z. And I think that's a great way going into it. And it, it sets up an absolute dinger of a semi-final. But I think, I still think Montpellier and lot from have watched them over the course of the campaign, they're still just have a bit more of an edge on Mike Cullen. Mike Cullen, it's two different game plans. You'd say Mike Cullen are very much more of a kind of a, not quite a counter-attacking, but a direct run. And there's so many hard runners right through the spine of their team and they can attack you from all angles. Where Montpellier are a little bit more kind of, you know, a bit more firepower up front. It's going to be one hell of a battle. But I think answer your question I think I think that's the perfect situation for them going in the next day and that will serve them well Turning point in this game really seemed to be I suppose Kerfin were 1-9 I think to 11 up after the goal they get a free in front of the goal they take a quick menace and uh, Montpellier just go then and turn over like it just seemed like a massive turning point would have put Kerfin two points up yeah, it's just, you know, it's such small margins as well. Like, you know, that's what Curvin have been excellent at. They're, they're quick thinking over the last years. Like, you know, even they're, they're almost like they don't settle for, you know, just going for the point. They go for the juggler and they've been getting them the last few years. But it goes to show you the resolve that's in Montpellier now. You know, they, they have been on the end of beatings from Curvin over the last few years, but they seem to have turned a the corner there with them now. Like, so it, it, it goes to show you, like, you know, that there's a serious, serious team there. But, like, you know, even on top of the likes of my Cullen, like they 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 hung on against Kerrigalli, but like they're county champions from twenty twenty, and you know they they want to they want another crack at it. Like they don't they don't want to be kind of this one team wonder. They want to go and win one, two, or three Frank Foxes if they can. Yeah, and Eddie, I'm not sure if you see the game, but I I think it was Gavin Burke who tried to take that quick free. Like it definitely felt like. A, it definitely felt like in that game, if they were to get two points ahead, that it was going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, I know it was. Uh, but the one person for Carfina, I thought, uh, I saw most of the game, I missed maybe the first five minutes uh, due to my tardy nature, but uh, I thought Ian Burke was outstanding for Carfina. Um, I thought he was outstanding throughout. Uh, but the one, I know you say about the opportunity there to put two points up, but they still could have got the draw at the end, um, where like that sideline, that's like right at the end, like the game is nearly dust. Like it's very rare for for Kerfin to just. I know I'm sure Dar Silk saw someone in there, but like the score could have been worked there. I thought, I thought Kerfin did very very well in that game. I thought, I I actually thought Kerfin had had to win the game, and I thought even when they went to point behind, I thought if it went extra time, they still possibly had to win the game. I felt uh, 
compared to the last two years when Montpellier played Carrefine, I, I felt it was a it was a far tighter game, far closer matched, and Carrefine and it, this kind of surprised me now because I I like an odd, odd flutter like everyone else, and I put an accumulator down at the on Thursday, and like you know, one of my certainties was Montpellier. The other certainty was was say was actually Anna down, and then I actually had. Uh, Funny enough, they're all back against my column, but yeah, like that, I had no value. You know, didn't even question that. Whereas I thought after watching the game, I thought I thought Carfin definitely would win it. Yeah, Annie and Burke, uh, there you mentioned Eddie. Uh, I suppose it was, it was something different. He seemed to bring Carfin out the pitch mm. uh, this year. Usually, we see him inside. I think it was four or five points he kicked and like some out, outrageous efforts, and even working hard off the ball as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought, like, I thought Ian brought, uh, and it's honest, he came on stuff against us, and the one thing that struck me as soon as he came on, like, like we were actually, we had our game plan, it was tipping away nicely, and, you know, we were there, there about coming down the home straight, but as soon as he, as soon as he comes on, like, it's, his movement, everything about him, he, he's creating something totally different to what other, like, everyone else is kind of playing, you would say, to a routine, he's, he is doing different things, and I, I thought he, obviously, he was nowhere near how good Barry McHugh was, but he was, in my view, second second best player on, on that pitch. Um, like Montpellier have plenty plenty now to, to work on. Um, like there's a lot of their players that probably didn't play as well as they'd like to. So like they'd be looking for that improvement come up to my calling game. Um, but yeah, I not to be going on too much about it, but I, I do feel yeah, Curfin were probably closer than the the last two years to Mont- beat Montpellier. And and Jonathan. In the second half, where maybe things were going against Montpellier, like as Eddie talks there, it was different maybe to the the last two times they played them. But like runs from Billy Mannion from full back up the pitch, Colin Ryan at uh, right half back, like they, they were really huge scores that that both of them players contributed to in that second half. Yeah, Billy Mallion in particular has, has been one of the standout players as well over the course of the campaign. That uh, I was about to say cameo, but he's hugely important. Uh, when he was introduced in the Armagh game, an extra time seems to have given him huge, huge confidence. And he's a player playing at the top of his game now and seems at home uh, out in midfield as well. He's played a good chunk of football out, out there this year as well. Um, very, very good player. Um, but you're right, Colin Ryan as well has had a fine campaign. Uh, but that's the thing. This so many of the players, you know, it's hard to pick a you know a weak player in that. I know it's an old cliche, and it's horrible to say and all that. But they they are they've such a seasoned uh, every line of the pitch. They have good good players, players that you know if things aren't going right one day, someone else is starting to pop up. And I, you know, I, I fancy them to win it out now. And I, and I fancy uh, you'd probably even go a little bit stronger. I think they could have a right good rally at the at the. Uh, extended campaign if you want to come and I think they can build on I think there's still a lot of hurt from the way they were shafted really last year in the kind of club um, set up uh, and I think they have the possibility of just if they I, I think I, I would say their favourites to win out Galway for me I think they'll get over my call and I think it'll be don't be surprised that that goes to extra time or whatever but I still think Montpellier have a bit more firepower and possibly just to go a step further as well and because they do have that experience and if you see them at all they're not they're not a side that's happy, you know, we won it once after how many years it was and to rest on the laurels, they seem as motivated as ever and most importantly, Valdelli seems as motivated as ever because you watch him on the sideline, like when the thing, when the game might be going against you, he is rallying the troops up and down. I've seen that a couple of times uh, this year already. So I, I think they're in a real good spot now. That, that The way the, the game finished up, and the, uh, as you said, players starting to develop right through the lines. Matthew Barrett as well. Maybe another player that doesn't get as much attention as he deserves. He's had a fine campaign as well as a wand of a left foot. They can get scores from everywhere. So for me, they are they are still the top of the three. They'll obviously, they'll have a lot of hard work to get there to get Frank Pox down the road again for them. But I think they're in a right good spot. Manus, do you think the loss of Michael Daly, do you think Bombay are going to feel it? Or do you think there's enough strength and depth there for them? I suppose, like, you know, the quality of player that is Michael Dale, like, you know, he'd be a loss to any team, you know, not just Montpellier, you know, he's, he's a serious, serious footballer, like, but I suppose there is a lot of hurt, I'd say, from how their campaign finished last year for Montpellier, so you can see a real rally amongst them, but, you know, they do have a chip on their shoulder, and, you know, I think whatever team comes out of Galway this year, 
is going to have a serious rattle at the Connor series anyways at senior because um, I just think that the standard uh, club football here in Galway now at the moment is just at a, at a different level compared to a lot of other counties just so competitive like but you know it's disappointing for Mike that he isn't available but you know he is you know a serious player and I'm sure he's there you know training with the lads getting going as well like you know he's a good positive lad to have around the place and Jonathan uh, I was talking to you during the week it has looked like he does have a setback he wasn't talked at all I suppose in that game against Kerfin <clears throat> yeah that's the little whispers we're hearing for the time I mean obviously you know he's such a quality player um, you'd want him to get back but I suppose the longer it goes on I think the more kind of resigned to see him you thought by now, I have to say, I thought by now he might have been making an appearance, but look, it was a, a nasty injury that he has and, you know, give him all the, the time in the world. There's probably, it's probably well served as well for Montpellier that they're not kind of wondering if maybe if their point of view, they kind of park it to one side and if he comes back, it's an added bonus. But they, I think they're probably at this stage, you know, and particularly with the likes of Billy Manny moving out to, out to midfield, gives them another option out in the middle of the pitch there. So I think they're probably, yeah, uh, They'll obviously love to get him back sooner or another. As, as Manic said, who wouldn't want a player of that quality in their team? But they're well served, uh, I think. Um, and if he comes back, it's an added bonus. But obviously, we, we wish him all the best. It'd be great to see him back. Not only in the Mount Valley, I'd love to see him back in Maroon as well, because I think he, he is that good and can give us something different. And that's the one thing that everybody talks out of the, the campaign from last year, particularly in the, down the home run of the... Uh, of the All-Ireland final was that we'd probably war miss and compare to Kerry just another bit of firepower to bring on and he certainly would be one of the players to be on that list that you'd be looking at as possible options. Are you still favourites for you, Eddie, to win the championship? Montpellier would be, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably have Montpellier, yeah, as favourites. I, I actually think themselves and my corner is going to be very tight. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised if my corner were to beat them. Um, but I did, did have to work it out because I, I would think Salt Hill, the winner of that, and then I don't. I've been very impressed with Salt Hill so far. I think uh, I was very confident to beat Chum. No, Chum easily could have pulled that out of the fire as well. And we were, they surprised me and how close they were to getting a result. And I thought they're a bit unlucky with the black card. But very impressed with Salt Hill. But I would have to, yeah, you'd have to say Montpellier are, are definitely favourites from this, from this point. But like Mike Cullen. Um, as much as I slightly fancy maybe Clarola to shock them, like my Cullen can adjust to who they're playing and come up to the level of the team they're playing and, and very well beat them. So, and with like the five county seniors, Toggan, one obviously out injured, like no team with that amount of talent is going to be uh, easily beaten. So, yeah, it's, I'd have them favourites, but there's a long way to go just in these two games for them to get over the line. And still favourites for you too, Manus? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. Like, you know, I just think that uh, more than Montpellier kind of almost getting, you know, kind of that hard done by in 21. Like, you know, my Cullen probably saying says they never got a chance at the Connor series in 2020. You know, the, the county final finished up and that was it for them. Like, so there's probably unfinished business for them as well. Like, but that's not to discount Salt Hill or Anna Down. You know, Salt Hill are a very young team. They're energetic. They have a lot of legs in that team as well. Like, you know, I know Rob got the injury last day, but Tom O'Glan is having a good year as well. He's really stepping up to the mark for Salt Hill. And, you know, in fairness with Anna Down, Frankie Burke and Damo Comer are, they're still rattling up the scores. And, and Damo, on any given day, Damo is capable of scoring 2-2, 3-3, you know, that kind of way. And if you if you do that in a county semi final or final, like it'll go a long way to winning winning the game too. So it's it's hard to say that you know it, it it's you know only Michael Ramabell you're going to make it from one side and you're looking at Salt and Lana down and as I said anything can happen county final day. But you know I, I'm really looking forward to going watching them anyways. It'd be there'd be two great games to go and see. Under the um, Salt Hill and Tomb game, um, Jonathan. Someone man has mentioned there, Tom O'Callaghan, he did really step up to the plate. Um, Robert Finnerty did go off. With, it's hard to know how serious of an ankle injury it is, but Robert Finnerty has just been so central to Salt Hill. Someone had to step up and kind of grab that game up front, and Tom O'Callaghan was definitely one of those players who did. Yeah, he's another player that's had a fine campaign. He's probably, I suppose, on his personal load, he's probably disappointed the lack of game time that he got out for Galway this year even a couple of times he, I don't think he was making the match day 26 either um, player of his ability and talent no doubt 
will be a little bit disappointed with that, but he's certainly been answering it the right way. And uh, prior to Finnerty's injury, you, you'd you see a bit of a tag team development between the, between the two. You know, Rob was going out maybe at midfield at times and being the kind of the quarterback and putting a lot of ball in, in towards Tomo. And he was just a machine in sight. Got big, big scores, even like when games were in the melting pot as well. I go back to that Montpellier game in Shum. He, he had a right good, you know, asked a lot of questions, uh, was it's got some fine scores, as did Rob as well. So I think it's a back spasm. I think the word was I heard originally okay. about Rob Finity. So they'll be very hopeful to have him back. You know, for something like that, he, he may be okay. But they are going to need him uh, for for, uh, for that Anna Down game because that's so wide open. But at the same time, Anna Downer, you know, they've had a would talk about such euphoria the way and the manner that they qualified for the quarterfinals with that victory over Barna there. Uh, and the the manner of it with with Healy nailing the free right at the end to secure the the the, the advantage that they needed. They were probably uh, a little bit disappointed. They I think they scored in the 39th minute yesterday and didn't score for the remainder of the game. I know Frankie went almighty close with a long range kind of chipped effort into the open goal when it was hail mary stuff at, at the end. But they'll be they would be very disappointed I think in that performance. Um, Particularly that second half, they got the perfect goal. You'd imagine from the from the usual duo inside to talk about it. You know, players on the same um, same mindset and same wavelength. Long ball in for Kilcommons into uh, Frankie Burke. He doesn't go for the goal. He switches the play across to Comer, and then he, he absolutely nails the goal. It's the, ultimately the difference between the sides in the end. But they didn't do that enough for me over the course of the campaign or over the game on on Saturday. But again, look, they're, they're going to raise their game as well. For that semi-final, and I probably everyone's talking about the, uh, you know, the big glamour tie of the semi-final, Montpellier, Montpellier. But I have to say, I'm really, really excited about this game. This Anadown Salt Hill game could be another right belter because you've serious fire for on both sides again, and uh, I think we've been blessed with some brilliant games over the course of the campaign, and, and these semi-finals will definitely be another two to add to the list. I think. Eddie Robert Finnerty this year since coming back from the county, like even early on in that tune game, he was he was causing trouble. Sawtill raced into three points to no square lead when he wasn't on the pitch. He's one player who has literally looked unmarkable. Uh, oh, he, he's, he's, he's been he's been outstanding. I I've seen two of the games previous to Saturday. Like he just he just cruises around the pitch. I'd say the last the last player. I've seen to actually like just find it so effortless to move around the pitch was probably Nicky Joyce years ago like but like he moves so easy around the pitch glides past lads and obviously his skill level is second to none um, like it was like the rest of the lads have said earlier it was huge for from talking to Salt Hill the Salt Hill lads like they put such weight in Finnerty like it was such it was a huge victory for them to overcome the loss of them and still win that game because like they, they are so so confident when they have when they haven't playing, and they probably be a bit unsure of themselves when he's not playing. So to overcome that now against Tune, especially down in Tune Stadium, like it was a it's a huge result for them as a, as a, as a group. As Manus alluded earlier, they are young, but they like they are a group that after I seen them in the group stages, I I, I actually really fancy them. I actually kind of by the time the group stage is finished, I'd kind of come to the conclusion that nearly the two better teams were actually in Group B as opposed to maybe even our own group. Because um, I actually really do, do think Sawtill now, the one thing I'd say is Sawtill and Nottingham have always been blessed with plenty of talent, so there's nothing new there, but they, they did seem to be coming with a freshness this year to the championship, and it's seen them through to now. But obviously, yeah, Finnerty's Finner, a huge player, and if they have him against Anna Down, uh, you probably, depending, no, I would Caveat this with it's hugely weather dependent because I, I actually think Anadon will deal with winter conditions far better. But um, I would have them slight favourites of Finnerty's fit. Yeah, no, he's like he's, he's that sort of he's that sort of player. Like he, he does make a huge impact out the result maybe. And man, as it was a big one for them to get over because like Tum, we we all know Tum at this stage their hard season campaign. Campaigners. Yeah, I'd say Tune probably would have been targeting a semi-final probably this year for themselves at least. So I'd say they were probably disappointed. Like, you know, uh, we played Tune down in Kenny Park there and I know we're missing two or three lads of injuries, but I was actually very impressed with the way they kind of 
play, play those like, you know, Jimmy Murphy is still, you know, doing heavy scoring for Tum and you have Manny McWalter as well, like, so that they have firepower. And, uh, you know, I suppose losing a lad as well with an injury like Rob can galvanise a team too. And, you know, it really galvanised Salt Hill. You know, even if he stayed on the field, there was, probably, there was no guarantee that they would win the game. So it's, you know, very, very hard to say um, how Anadown and Salt Hill go. But I definitely agree with Eddie. Like, if it's real red, rainy day, like, Anadown will be really geared up for it. I think they're they're really, really set up for that kind of that kind of game, bad conditions and stuff like that, you know, and ball breaking around the edge of the square. You know, no better man to have floating around than Frankie Burke coming off Damo Homer there, any high balls coming in. So, you know, it, it's going to be, it, that's going to be a really, really interesting tie. Just on uh, Jamie Murphy, like another superb championship. Eddie, coming to you from the full back line, did you ever mark Jamie Murphy? Yeah, I actually marked him today. Today I met New Zealand in uh, the rugby at home a few years ago. Cause I, I never forget the game was, the second game was all right to, Get in the car and drive straight to Aviva, but yeah, Jamie like he's, he's very hard marked. You know, it was centre back, centre forward, so probably even harder to mark because there was so much space and from to move into. Uh, and it was funny because I actually thought it was going okay until about the twenty seventh minute, and he'd ball stuck in the back of our net. Like so, yeah, like he's listen, he's, he's well able to move. He knows where he's going, and there's no wasted energy with him. And he he will get on the ball and he will make things happen. Like he's. Like very very hard for any for any good defender to mark. So um, like and he was like he probably had a slower start on Saturday, but like when the game came into the melting pot, and especially when it came down to home straight and he needed equaliser, like he was he was shown for every ball and he was getting on every ball looking for it. Um, and perhaps I suppose that's if if perhaps he had a bit more help there looking for that equalising score, June might have got it. Um, he seemed to be the only one really shown to try to get it. Um, I know I'm sure the other lads were looking for it, but yeah, he seemed to be trying to get that draw, that equalising score nearly by himself. But yeah, an excellent player, Jamie. Do you think he goes down as one of the greatest goalie club footballers? Because when you just look at him in the last few years, what he's what he's done for Tim, like even when he's, he's dragged him through so many games. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But the only thing I'd say there's a lot of Curfin lads that might have... Uh, <laughs> Might might want to argue with that case now. Yeah, that's very true. Um, too too many hurricane lads, I'd say. Um, but Jonathan, um, in this game, like I suppose the hammer blow was uh Seamus Kelly was on a yellow card. He gets a black card. He gets sent off. And in the same play, Cormac McWalter gets a black card. Only gets to play the last uh, I think two or three minutes in injury time. Like so. So I suppose to go down to 13 men was a big blow for Tim at that stage. Oh yeah, hugely, <clears throat> particularly in a game that's it's so intense and that, and you know there's so much emotion as well in it. Um, although we have sometimes seen teams, you know, just react and 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 play well. Uh, probably Manus will probably tell you from the James's game on Saturday when James's were down to 13 there for a spell in the second half. They kind of uh, went to hell with it and seemed to just uh, let loose, and it was probably the best spell of football they actually played was when they were reduced but in a game like this in the in the you know the red heat of, of championship it's just it's the obstacles are just too big and it, it was just too much of a hammer blow but look they still they still nearly snuck it at the end you know salt hill didn't take their chances i think they butchered a goal chance or two uh, themselves and then it was still there uh, towards the end they could have just eked extra time and probably not too many people would have complained had they done so but as we go back to the earlier point uh, of the course, the the champ uh, the championship, every game is so tight, it's so condensed. The quality of teams is very much there. Everyone's improving. It's been a you take a step back, and I was talking to a couple of male lads in Paris Stadium on Saturday actually, and they couldn't get over the uh, the difference in quality between the Mayo and the Galway championship. And I think it's probably the best championship that I certainly can remember in quite some time. Um, it's like we're, you know, building on this crest of a wave from the from the football of the senior intercounty footballers over the course of the year. And I think the split season, I'm a huge fan for it as well. I think we're seeing we're seeing the benefits of it, and you know, you don't just have to look at the, you know, the tangible signs of that as well in terms of the streaming numbers and the amount of people at games and the quality of games that we had. So it's it's a credit to to all the players involved. But yeah, no, they just left themselves 
just a little bit too much to do, which is unfortunate because it's a game I think they targeted, you know, in effect at home that they were hoping. And I think if you told them before they'd uh, the, the ball had been thrown in, that they'd be Salt Hill were without Rob Trinity for a big chunk of the game, I thought they would they probably would have taken your hands off for that. So, like a number of other teams this Monday morning, they're probably looking at it going, what if and maybe and, and ruin little phases of play here and there that didn't go their way. And man, it's something, I suppose, a point you did raise off air, like, do you feel like, I suppose, when the opposition, when teams have nearly went down to 14, 13, 13 men, that maybe one of the teams are becoming somewhat complacent? Uh, I probably wouldn't say complacent. I'd say it's more that you prepare so hard for playing 15 on 15 and different tactics and setups, and most teams would have their designated sweeper or, you know, player who's supposed to be falling off in the defensive zone. But sometimes when you go down to 14 or 13, and we struggle big time when James has been down to 13, is we found it very hard to organise ourselves in the field. You know, we, we were doing very well for a good chunk of the game, and it was almost kind of detrimental to us that they went down to 13 players because we had lads that were free and instead of doing the job they're supposed to be doing they were getting caught up doing other things and it just it messed up with us for a while like and James brought that game back to two points as well but I suppose at that stage of the game was kind of halfway to the second half probably the end of the end of the game there for the Toomsall 2 game two minutes to go the only thing there is like obviously Jamie Murphy was there looking for the ball and you know to have Cormac Walter off the pitch at that stage of the game when you're looking for an equaliser was a hammer blow for Toome, like because it just allows you then to really squeeze up on the likes of Jamie Murphy and Mannion even a bit more because the attack and threat of McWalter is gone. But uh, it's just that teams do prepare so much for playing 15 on 15 that, you know, red cards, you know, it almost it, it galvanises the, the team that are down to 14, 13 because they have to put in the work or they have to work harder because they know they're down a player or two. ちょっと見たんです。ファイターボール。え、ほら、ライクはライ、アフォンウィンソーディアーズ、アンドウォンアマンジュンオンレイチームズ。ポテンシャルハプニングスウェンユドゥゲットカーブ。ドゥズアロ
I think you flash back. I know there's euphoria involved, but in Dogan Park on that Tuesday night when the draw when we made the draw afterwards, and you had the end down players and supporters and everyone all, all that. They're obviously on a high, but it's over the PA system. Then there's Michaels. There's a big cheer. This was the dream draw, probably for for both sides. And it's interesting to note that out of all the second seeds, it's only Anna Down are the ones that are through to the semi-finals. But they started the game so well, like the, the weather was absolutely. Thankfully, it settled off, but. The, for the first maybe 10 minutes or so, it was absolutely awful. You know, the sheets of rain coming in on the Borson Troy in there and you just couldn't score into that goal for, for, for love or for money. Michaels did get a few. Actually, the opening score was they had to, I think they held onto the ball for about three or four minutes and they were in and out. They were close enough, which would be normal, you know, shooting range that come around. And eventually it's punched, punched over from Conlan in the, after just bullet, bullying his way through pretty much. But the game ultimately swung on two goal uh, opportunities, really, for me. Right before half time, it's a brilliant run. I think it's Gary Higgins down the, down the left wing. He punches it across to Conlan, and he, he swings a uh, kind of a punch on the breaking ball, comes back off the crossbar. Healy's beating all ends up. And then three minutes into the second half, they, uh, it's not quite as good as a, a goal scoring opportunity, but Anna down through the class. Kilcummins wins a, a turnover at the middle of the pitch, long ball in t- to, to Frankie. He doesn't shoot, swings it across as earlier described across to Comer and bang goal. That was really that couple of moments. What is it? What two or three minute period, really, give or, give or sake? And it's a difference, really. But Anna down, they were lights out, completely lights out for the rest of that game. And I think Michael's. They had a good few opportunities at the end and they just didn't get enough men in and it was a wet day. They didn't get an opportunity just to get the, the long ball. All the chances, really. Like, there was yeah. a lot of... Yeah, they just... They, almost fluting around and it was very easy to sit up in the stand and you're watching on It's horrible conditions. But they felt like there was an opportunity there to get, you know, a ball in around the house and God knows what might have happened. It's such a slippy day, etc. But they just held on to it probably a bit too much longer and didn't get enough players on because they had maybe two or three opportunities at the end just to get one in. Uh, and they didn't really. I know they were down to 13 as well, which probably would have, you know, just ha- hampered them a, a little bit in terms of shape, whatever. But Anna Down won't be happy the way, I think it was the 49th minute, I think Burke got a, Ian Burke got a, f- a point from play. I think that was their last score of the game. Uh, so it's a long, long time they went without scoring. So as we've seen, they, they, they have shown, they have firepower, they can score. They'll have to be better against Salt Hill, but I think Michaels, again, I risk and repeat myself, it's another team that's going to be so disappointed because you're just talking about small little moments here and there. The game, what was it Paddy O'Shea used to say, a grain of rice will, will tip the, the scales here, but it, all four games were like that and no more so than Michaels. They've probably rued that opportunity because they look at the draw then as well and you're potentially saying, you know, you're nearly... Is a you know a realistic path into into a county final, which would be great for the, for their whole development as a club as a club as well. But yeah, I think Anadam got an almighty scare, and uh, Michaels will be very disappointed the way they move here there, particularly towards the end. For Anadam, Manus, uh, it's it's four wins on the trot, uh, first county semi final since twenty eighteen. So I suppose when, when you take that all into consideration, the group they're in, they still have to be happy that they're in a semi-final. Yeah, but women's a habit too. You know, they've won four in a row and it's, it's more than when, you, when you're losing, it's, you, you struggle to find the win. But when you're winning, you always seem to find this chance or opportunity to, to get the winner there. Like, and, you know, and down have had a few clutch moments earlier this year, you know, more so. I know they're with Barnett, but like, you know, James Healy should have to come up the field there, kick the free and put it over the bear to put them in to to, to get the scoring difference right. Like So they're finding ways to win and, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting because like, they won't they won't wilt. They won't wilt in fairness to them and they see this as a great opportunity for themselves, you know. And it don't, was it county final in 2001? I think that's the last time they, they were in a county final, is it? Yeah. Last time they won it anyways. But, uh, uh, 10 years ago 11 years ago yeah well they haven't won a county final for 21 years and they're saying themselves you know it, it doesn't happen every year that you get to this stage and they want to make the most of it too are they fourth zone a lot of people's eyes now if like you're, you're ranking the team in uh, no I, I think I think Anadown I think Anadown could uh, surprise all too I actually think they, they, they have good, good players there and 
I just yeah, it's just we're going into that kind of time of the year, bad conditions, rain, wet, everything you can name it, and they, they're a hardy team. They're a hardy team with good players, so I think I think they could produce a good result there against Salt Hill. Then just on to the final game between um Sergio and Mike Cullen. Um it, like Eddie, if there's one team that has to be kicking themselves, it's it's Claire Goy today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, especially, it was funny because I, I, I said to everyone who was sitting beside me, we were about 10 minutes to go and there were four or five down. I, I, I was just telling the way my colour were playing. I said, this game is still alive. Um, and I, I don't know, did anyone else, I think everyone else was telling me to shut up when I was saying it, but it was uh, my colour were starting to hand pass the balls you know, conservatively sideways, going nowhere and getting turned over. And like once Claire Gallo got a sniff it, they really they really roared back into it. And like there was uh, as Jonathan alluded to earlier, a few a few misses say a free in the first half, you know, an advanced mark. And even at the end, maybe when Barry Gold goes to the goal, maybe hand pass to Jacqueline might might have been the better option there to uh to get the goal. But uh yeah, geez, McCullen and um, really let Clegola back into it. And when Clegola got back into it, they, they nearly saw it home. And I suppose the one the one thing you you probably it doesn't cross your mind after the game is there was a point midway through the first half where it actually looked like it was going to go the opposite way. And um, McCullen was starting to run through them with a bit of ease, creating a lot of goal chances. Um, but I suppose Clegola did what any team has to do against a team like McCullen or Montpellier. They hung in there, hung in there. And nearly got their rewards at the end. Like they, they would be very disappointed with some of the chances they probably missed when the game became when the game came alive last five, six, seven minutes. But like for for Clegola, there's like there's huge positivity going forward because even like obviously they've such underage coming through. But even more in the immediate term, like Conor Flaherty has turned out to be a, like a, a bit of a weapon in a full forward, and um, like the goal he got. Great ball by Granger, but like he just was oh, so and sticking it in the back of the net. Like, um, it, it was tracking back at one stage, and, and again, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, geez, don't be letting that lad track back at all, just keep him in there and keep him fresh inside. He was, he was that effective. Um, like, and in defense, like, Clegore, like, power from, I suppose, the running game, which obviously my corner are very strong at, like, they kind of they were fairly comfortable on most of my corner forwards, like, um. Man be man, I suppose. Obviously, listen, that's probably not possibly Mike Cullen's game. Like the Owen Kelly was very good carrying ball, creating chances. And so was Gallagher probably in the first half more so than the second half. But yeah, they're going to have a lot of positivity, a lot to a lot to work with going forward. And especially like seeing a man in the D's that's coming through next year, like they'll they'll really fancy themselves. To be honest, and I said earlier, I actually kind of fancy Togola to possibly put it off uh, this weekend. Um but it wasn't to be, and yeah, they'll be, they'll be, they will be very disappointed at how it turned out. Now, in saying it, listen, I said to her, I said, I'm going back over myself here now. My cousin are the type of team and the type of group that they'll have no issue recovering from Montpellier and possibly beating my cousin, uh, beat Montpellier like that won't, wouldn't, um, that wouldn't really factor into their belief system, we'll say. And it really was Jonathan at the end of that game. Like it was a clear goal or revival. Like Eddie touched on all the points there. Like my cousin looked. In total control of that game, like the first half, running from all angles, Claire Goy just couldn't they hand them. But in fairness, they have to hand it to Claire Goy, they stuck at it. And like, like as we've touched on so many times, that they will rue so many of those chances. They will, but that's an important bigger picture. You think you're going back to the opening round of games where Claire Goy were beaten, and all the question marks were coming out about how these talented, big population. A group of players are going to fail to deliver again, but they've rallied to come back by no small measure by putting Connor Fly in a full forward, like as the guys had touched on there, like just turned into an absolute weapon. And for the first maybe 10 minutes or so, Mike Cullen just couldn't deal with him. Um, they probably stemmed the flow of football going into him then, and it wasn't as effective just enough as much fuel going in, going in the fire. but. They've had a fine, it's not quite a breakthrough season, but they've certainly, you know, they've allied and they've they've put to bed some of the notions and some of the whispers that are kind of thrown at them. Um, it's not their fault they have that much of a population there. That's uh, just uh, the way geography is going in the city 
urban uh, and rural mix. Uh, that's a conversation for, for another day. But I think they've it's been an important year for them to get that. And if they can build on it, and the, as lads have touched on there as well, a lot of quality players coming through. You look at our, most of the Galway underage teams as well. You'll see a spine of Claire Galway down, down through it. So it, it has been a good year from that. And probably maybe the one thing they probably missed at stages was just a bit of experience and um, being to the well as well. Ultimately, my Cullen have been there previously and, and they just about did enough, but they got they got that scare as well. But I think, you know, they won't like it now. They're probably still waking up this morning disappointed and frustrated with, you know, thinking back of phases of play that could have been better and a score or two here and there. But if they, if they build on it, I think there's a big opportunity then for them to push on and they, they can be a dominant force in Galway football. I don't think that's a million miles away another couple of years with the, the you look you look at the uh, the performance right down the front Nathan Grager kind of forward Jacqueline Luke O'Connell O'Connor um, Divley's had a great year at, at at fullback even in the middle of the field as well they've had you know Hennessy up against you know oh, Hennessy's catches yesterday of course just like, and like you know seven catch yeah, not as if he was up against a couple of pookies either. You know, you know that's uh, my Colin midfield is as, as strong as like you know you can nearly get as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of hope there. There's a lot of green shoots for the future if it's used right. And I'd be wary of them down the line in the next couple of years because they ha- they have talent and um, they're certainly a club on the up. Amanda, do you think my Colin in that game towards the end? Were they nearly trying to be too safe, or was it just that Claire Galway came with everything? Uh, I suppose Claire Galway came with everything, and <clears throat> my cousin, they're they're kind of they're they're a funny team. Like they, they don't blow or obliterate teams, but they just have this way of being able to see a game out and just almost seem to kind of fall over the line. And you know that's that's what they don't really like. You know they they you know the likes of Peter Cook, top footballer like Sean Kelly. You know. There's no, they're no better. They're better great lads to have there when you're only a point up or a draw game. Give them lads the ball there. No, no better lads to go and turn a game for you. But yeah, it, it, as, as Eddie said, like it'd be no surprise if Mike Cullen just kind of bet Montpellier same kind of crack on the fall over the line because they're so they they know how to win. They know how to win. They they've been in enough big games now, and they they just have this. You know, they they can go to the well because they've been there so many times before, and. Um, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting how how Michael and deal with Montpellier and how Montpellier deal with Michael as well. Sean Kelly, Sean Kelly yesterday, man, as he seemed to be further up the pitch at stages, nearly sometimes um, around the, the eleven position. Did you expect him now to move back? Because like, if you're just thinking of that Montpellier forward line. Yeah, well, he he's going to be given a job there to mark one of either you know Barry McHugh or Patrick Kelly or something like that. Like, but. One of the Sean's biggest strengths is is his ability to be powering up the field with the ball and making these runs up the field from deep as well. Like that's you know he's a serious serious runner like that. Like, um, he's a serious threat as well. Like you know I suppose for Galway this year, he probably had to move back into the full back line with Sean McCarron's getting injured at the start of the year and you know he had a very good year. It's not easy just transition there from wing back into full back at intercounty football, but he kind of done it seamlessly and and had a very good year and you know. I suppose my Colin are looking at him too to be kind of, you know, plugging holes for them as well with the American lads. And, you know, but I think Sean Kelly's biggest aspect is that he, he is such a good runner uh, for my Colin, you know, creating overlaps and everything like that. Like, um, he, he is a seriously dangerous player. Just to finish up then, um, I'll come to you first, um, Eddie. Um, who was your standout performance uh, of the weekend throughout the four quarterfinals? Ah, oh, sure. You, to be honest, you couldn't look past McHugh, really. Like, it was probably the, the highest, uh, probably the strong talent-wise and probably uh, intensity-wise, it was, the, it was the strongest game out the weekend, and he was the strongest player on that pitch, like, and he was outstanding. So, and, uh, no, like, I, I, I would like to give it to a defender somewhere there, just being a defender, but I, yeah, I couldn't, uh, you couldn't look past him. Did any defenders catch the idea? Uh, yeah, actually, Conor Corcoran for my cousin yesterday caught my eye. Uh, I thought it, I thought he was he was on Nathan Granger, and although Granger gave that ball uh, kind of flat, I thought I thought he had an excellent game, not just not just on him, but he ended up one on one with Conor Flaherty a few times, and when the ball came in, he was able to win it as well. Like and it was a 
I feel it's gonna miss my share. So yeah, no, he he stood out for me, you know, uh, over the weekend as well. Anyone else got shy for you, Jonathan? Yeah, no, McHugh was a standout. It's it's weird because looking back on it there earlier on, you had a lot of kind of because the games were so evenly matched, I think you had a lot of performances that were on, you know, on par with each other or you know, players that would play well and then the team would negate them. I suppose no more so than, you know, Jack Brown for St. Michael's initially in the first half. He was everywhere, came forward, scored a point before half time, but Anna Down did a job in the second half. It just, jump, it just kind of summed up the whole weekend for me, where you have players that are, even Conor Fly himself, you know, for 10 minutes, he was absolutely unplayable. But then Mike Cullen found a way of, of stamina. It was that type of weekend, but McHugh's personal haul. Seem to be the the shining one at the, at the top of the pile. I think it'll be it'll be very hard to get an argument to go against that as as the performer of the weekend. And for you, Manus? I uh, just just for what he done against Scarfin, like uh, with the, the game that was in it and the clutch moments, like it has to go to Barry, like you know, kicking ten points, bringing marks, freeze, and stuff, and play like it was just uh, an outstanding performance. Well, that's all uh, honor show uh for today uh we'll be back next week uh with uh extensive uh semi-final uh preview show um that's all for today uh thanks a million for your time lads thanks Paul.